0: we've been focusing on building our house of belonging. We began with the foundation of our house, our ancestors, our theology, and our willingness to participate in the work. That's the committee work and the tasks that keep our house stable. Then we talked about the walls of our house, the principles that shape us, our six sources, our mission and vision, and the covenant that frames this community. And then we moved on to our roof, those things that preserve and protect us, recognizing that none of us are safe or secure until all of us are. So now we're focusing on the spirit of our house. So what does it feel like to be part of this community? How do we welcome each other in? How do we demonstrate love for each other and show compassion? What is the spirit of Northlake? Well, the church is the sum of its parts. The spirit of our community is made of each of us, each of us on the Zoom room together right now. And so each of us has the responsibility to bring our best selves here, to lift each other up when we come out, when we come into this space with all here. And I don't mean every time we're here, we have to be happy or giving or engaged all the time. I mean, when we come here, we bring our authentic selves and we bring out compassion. And we, be- we also come with that willingness to know that when we make mistakes, we return again because we're willing to be vulnerable. To do this together, we each need to take care of ourselves. Stephen Covey talks about this in his book titled First Things First. So Covey is best known as the guru of time management and his most well-known book is titled the seven habits of highly effective people he has lectured about effective habits time management and organizational behaviors for decades and after several several different editions of his book and hundreds of workshops with people striving to work effectively while still balancing their personal lives he came to realize that it was not only habits that needed to change. He realized that we also need to be clear about what we value. We need to have an idea of what we hope to do with our lives. And he says, and I quote here, for years we've been given methods, techniques, tools, and information on how to manage and control our time. We've been told that if we keep working harder, learn to do things better and faster, use some new device or tool, or file, or organizer or organize our lives in a particular way, then we'll be able to do it all. So we buy the new planner, we go to the new class, we read the new book, we learn it, we apply it, we try harder. And what happens? For most of the people we meet, the result is increased frustration and guilt. Traditional time management suggests that by doing things more efficiently, you'll eventually gain control of your life, and that increased control will bring the peace and fulfillment that you're looking for. We disagree because more important than how fast you're going is where you're headed. That's the end of his quote. We rank what we do each day by how urgent it feels and how important it is. For those of us who are retired, living in pandemic isolation, much of the urgency has disappeared and activities that felt important have had to be set aside. So we live in a place where most days feel repetitive, non-urgent, unimportant, waiting. It's so often hard to focus energy and feel like anything is important as the time drags by these days and on the other side we have people at home with their children and work that feels it demands a great deal of attention many things feel urgent we try to balance so many important things and so our energy is focused on the busyness of keeping up with our complex daily lives so much so that in the portion of the time that we have left we only have to- energy to focus on the unimportant, non-urgent activities. We escape into TV, spend hours searching the Internet or Facebook. We fall into addictive behaviors, play solitaire, or do other busy work and trivial activities. This leaves us little time and even less energy to do those things that are important to us all but don't feel as urgent because this this is the sweet spot the place where we feel most alive when we can identify what is really important and while not urgent calls our attention deserves our attention it compels us to attend these are the very things that ultimately really matter to us the things that make our work and our life Feel like it has meaning, the things that create that fire within us. Covey talks about four fundamental needs we must attend to. If we want to have a sense of fulfillment, each of us must take time to take care of these basic needs. And if we don't, we feel empty or complete at the end of the day, or at the end of our time here. We must prioritize taking the time to take care of ourself. So now, if you're like me, I was raised in a culture that was critical of this concept. I was taught to be stoic. It was a virtue to ignore my feelings, to ignore pain, fatigue, loneliness, and so on. And it was a vice to take care of myself before I tended to my work or to the needs of those around me. So I have a very visceral aversion to this idea of taking care of myself. But over my many years of struggle to be more present and to be more loving, I've learned that the stoicism is harmful, harmful to me and harmful to those around me. We won't be able to fully love our family and we won't be able to take care of those around us if we haven't taken care of our most basic needs if we don't have the internal nourishment to fuel ourselves to keep going. We each have four essential needs. These are our physical, mental, social, and spiritual. In terms of the physical, we need the energy and the physical capacity to live each day without feeling tired or ill or out of shape. We have a need for mental stimulation, to learn and grow and gain perspectives and skills without feeling stagnant or unstimulated. We are social beings and need satisfying relationships, feelings of connection and common purpose, without feeling alienated, alone or unable to get along without misunderstandings. And we have a soul, a spiritual dimension, So we need to have a sense of purpose and direction that inspires and energizes us without feeling unclear about what we really need to do with our lives. We must attend to all these needs. It is important to schedule time to do each of these. And if we don't, at the end of the week, we will find we haven't done the basic things to take care of ourselves. And at the end of the month, we will feel lost, vague about how fulfilling our work and our time is. And over time, over the years, we can wonder just what this life has been about. And so I urge each of us to attend, to attend to ourselves, attend to our basic needs. Take care of your body, your mind, your spirit and your social connections. Ask yourself, as you go into the week, into the days, what will I do for my body this week? Will I eat three meals a day? Will I eat those vegetables? Will I exercise? Will I be getting enough sleep? And what can I do to stimulate my mind, to make me think more? What book can I read? What podcast can I listen to? What movie should I watch? How will I make sure I have social time? Who can I call? Who can I meet with? What discussion could I stimulate? What groups can I join? And how can I keep my spirit alive and active? What can I do? that makes me feel energized and inspired that I am nourishing my soul? Can I volunteer my time at a place that needs help? Walk somewhere new, sit for five minutes in silence, or try a new meditation practice? It is important, my friends, to take the time and the space to care for ourselves. This is a spiritual practice. By practice, I mean it is a thoughtful, deliberate activity to plan time each week. By making time for these important but non-urgent activities, we establish the foundation for keeping our soul alive, our spirit activated. And in the long run, this sustains and nourishes our whole lives, both individually and within our community as a church. Blessed be. Uh Uh-huh.